Uh, we bootstrapped it. Um, no, no outside funding at this time. Okay, and do you mind sharing around how much you sunk into the company to get it off the ground? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I personally invested some. Um, I mean, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, thirty grand, okay. and that was to get the the MVP or the minimally viable product built. Okay, and what what I usually want to understand at this stage is this 30k did you get it from your previous position at IBM or the supplement company or that was actually that was just money I had made in crypto that I wanted to put back into building okay. more, more crypto projects so that was I was kind of playing with with house money in that sense okay and um, you mentioned maybe you haven't started making revenue yet so it's pre-revenue right. at the moment oh uh, yes sir yes Okay. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? All right, hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 72 of Taking You to the Top. My guest today is Anthony Adams. He's the founder of RotoHive. Anthony, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Rami, thank you so much for having me, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's great to be here, my friend. My pleasure. So, Anthony, to get us uh, started, if you wouldn't mind, could you share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know? Yeah, sure. So that I like that question. Um, l lately, I've kind of become obsessed with old Magic the Gathering cards, and I'm considering starting like a hedge fund or an investment fund based solely on old Magic cards. And I know that might okay. sound kind of silly, but um, the value of some of these cards has just exploded over the last 10 years or so. And I, I think they're really becoming... Uh, interesting, legitimate, alternative investments. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of kicking around that idea right now. Isn't that sort of uh, what Vaynerchuk does with baseball cards? I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Something Gary Something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, I, I know he's obsessed with, with sports cards. So um, yeah, kind of doing the same thing with Magic. Fantastic. Maybe there's something there. I, th I hope so. Yeah, I think, I think they're, <laughs> uh, they're going to continue to grow in value. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, Anthony, if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us uh, a bit about your background? What did you do before you started RotoHive? Yeah, certainly. So I graduated college in 2007 and I went to work for IBM doing software sales. And I did that for about two years. And then the, the famous financial crisis of 08, 09 hit. And my whole department got laid off. So it was kind of like having the, the rug pulled out from under me, you know, right when I was getting into the professional world. Right. And uh, in a weird way, though, it, it gave me an opportunity to become an entrepreneur because I figured if I didn't do it, you know, in my mid 20s, that that's as good a time as any to get started on something like that. And I could always recover from it if it didn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went out and I created a dietary supplement called The Hangover Cure, THC. 
And as the name implies, it was a, uh, you know, a, a hangover prevention dietary supplement. And I, I didn't have any real uh, budget for marketing. So I had to learn SEO and I was able to get that product at the top of Google whenever people typed in hangover cure and kind of having the name the hangover cure is the name of the product really helped right. kind of like search engine branding, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, uh -huh. So I did that for about two years and then in 2011 uh, licensed that to a group of people who ended up not doing much with it. And I, I actually got the rights to it back. So I'll probably bring that back at some point, but um then I had a bunch of people, these other companies hit me up for SEO work because I'd already done it for my own business and kind of became an SEO expert uh, out of nowhere and did that. Um, well, still do it today on, on, on the side, but um, did that for a couple of years. And that gave me the free time to look into uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and specifically Ethereum in 2016. So I wasn't well, like super early Bitcoin, but I remember Ethereum being like $8 on Coinbase back in the day. Right. And that I, I just became obsessed with learning as much as I could about blockchains and cryptocurrency and uh, decided I wanted to build my own blockchain-based application. And that led me to build Rotohive. Well, before we get into Rotohive, I wanted to go back just quickly to the SEO um, part. Sure. Do you have any actionable tips? I mean, are the, the things you were doing back then still valid today? And if so, so. can you share uh, I mean, anything? Yeah, certainly. Um, I would say for like for on-page content, don't mm -hmm. worry about search engines. I mean, write it naturally, write it for your audience because I, I know back in the day it worked where you could spam keywords and stuff like that. But I mean, Google has gotten so smart that you're you're just you're doing a, a disservice to yourself and your product if you make your website spammy. So definitely write for the end user in mind. And I, I think at the end of the day, quality backlinks are still still the key to uh, to having success with with uh, SEO. Okay, okay. Um, so I guess at this point, could you tell us um, more about RotoHive and what you're doing with it? Yeah, certainly. So Rotohive is a blockchain-based application on the Ethereum blockchain, and it is a new type of fantasy sports tournament. Uh, it's the world's first collaborative fantasy sports tournament or, or platform. And uh, what we're trying to do is harness the wisdom of the crowd on the internet and mm -hmm. um, apply that sort of collective knowledge or that hive mind uh, to fantasy sports projections. So if you're not familiar with how fantasy sports works, uh, I would I would equate it almost to like human horse racing. But right. instead of trying to pick, you know, what horse is going to win the Kentucky Derby, you're trying to project which athletes are going to perform well statistically in a game. And uh, much like horse racing handicapping, if, if you can project these things accurately, uh, there's a lot of money to be won. And that information uh, becomes very valuable. So. There are plenty of gurus out there, fantasy sports gurus. Um, but what we want to do is, you know, take, say, 100,000 people, combine mm -hmm. their predictions, and then hopefully, in theory, that, would, uh, that information would outperform any one person and that, that information becomes quite valuable. Okay, so this, this is where the revenue model kicks in. 
Right. Yeah. So um, as I kind of just alluded to, the, the main source of our revenue, we're not there yet, but um, if we get enough people using our platform, the, the meta models that we build around all of our users' data, in theory, you know, should be pretty good. And if it is, um, I mean, fantasy sports is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. There'd be plenty of demand for uh, these high quality projections. So down the line, we hope to sell this information. Um, okay. You know, can also run ads on, on the site, like a lot of other uh, apps. And um, I, I think we're exploring a couple other ways as far as revenue. But yeah, the, the main source would be, you know, the, this information that we're creating. Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to understand, when you mention blockchain, is there a reason you're, you're choosing to use a blockchain for this, couldn't you also have, you know, sort of created a, a SaaS platform, people join in and they sort of, you know, they vote on what they think is going to happen to this player or what this player is going to, I mean, how many goals a player mm -hmm. is going to score, that sort of thing. What, I mean, yeah, what was um, the reason for Ethereum for this? Well, there were a few, uh, I mean, one, I kind of wanted to try and build the first viral or mainstream Ethereum application because I don't think that's happened yet. But um, we want to have users all over the world and paying them in, in Ether, I think, is, is easier than, um, you know, trying to do settlement via PayPal or something like that. So right. that was kind of the main reason for taking it onto a blockchain. Okay. And I, I don't know. I think it was maybe three, four years back, I was sort of exploring blockchain as well. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a coder myself. So I was thinking, I wanted to ask you, I mean, today, is there an easy way for someone to launch his own project without too much coding? Not to my knowledge. No, I'm, I'm lucky to have a, a team around me that um, understands the coding side a lot better than I do. If there is okay. something like that out there, I, I'm not familiar with it. I, I think it's still pretty, uh, pretty technical. Okay. And talking about team, what's your team size today? Uh, the team size myself, and we have two business advisors. And then on the, the development side, uh, we had four people and we recently lost one of them really, really sharp, sharp guy. Graduated high school at 16. Uh, we lost him to Google. <laughs> so okay. it's down to three right now with on the development side. So total six team members. Uh, yes, I mean, sir. Are the advisors full-time or? Uh, uh, one of them is. One of them is part-time. He, he deals with a couple other uh, blockchain-based projects, but we do have one full-time, yes. Okay, so I guess total five full-time. Let's say five and then five and a half maybe, yeah. Okay, no problem. Um, and what year did you launch the company? Is it 2018? Yeah, we launched for the, the 2018 uh, NFL football season. So started in early, early 2018, had a mad rush to kind of finish it in time for the fall when uh, the NFL football season started up. Okay. 
All right, Anthony, let's take a quick break to thank our first sponsor, then we'll jump into the economics. Our first sponsor is a company called TopTal. They have a global network to top talent in business, design, and technology that enables companies to scale their teams on demand. TopTal serves thousands of clients, including Fortune 500 companies and innovative startups, delivering expertise and world-class solutions at an unparalleled success rate. With elite freelancers in over 100 countries, TopTal connects a top 3% screen list of the world's top talent with leading companies in days, not weeks. Visit toptal.takingyoutothetop.io. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot takingyoutothetop.io and get an 80-hour no-risk trial period so you only have to pay if you're satisfied with the work. Get started hiring with TopTal today. All right, Anthony, to briefly get into the economics, uh, did you have to raise any capital to get this started or did you bootstrap it? Uh, we bootstrapped it. Um, no, no outside funding at this time. Okay, and do you mind sharing around how much you sunk into the company to get it off the ground? Yeah, sure. yeah I, I personally invested some, um, I mean, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 30 grand. Okay. And that was to get the, the MVP or the minimally viable product built. Okay. And what, what I usually want to understand at this stage is this 30K, did you get it from your previous position at IBM or the supplement company or... That was actually, that was just money I had made in crypto that I wanted to put back into building okay. more, more crypto projects. So that was, I was kind of playing with, with house money in that sense. Okay. And um, you mentioned maybe you haven't started making revenue yet. So it's pre-revenue right. at the moment. Uh, yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Well, in, in that case, uh, let's move on to um, the validation and marketing side of your company. When you first came up with this idea, did you validate it or did you just go straight into making your MVP and just hoping that it would catch on? Um, I, I wish we had had more time to validate it. I mean, I, I know just from playing fantasy sports that, the, you know, the, the fantasy sports market is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. We built it in such a mad rush to be ready in time for the 2018 NFL season that... Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have a lot of time to formally validate it outside of just wanting to build something that appealed to both fantasy sports players and, um, you know, people in, in the crypto industry. Okay. But uh, do you wish that you had put more time into validation or you think? Uh, yeah, I, I wish, I mean, we did have to kind of rush it. Um, but the, the fantasy sports industry is big enough. I mean, there's, there's millions and millions of people that play. So um, right. I, I think in terms of like knowing our audience and, and the size of the market, it's, it's definitely there. Okay. And do you have any customers currently using the platform or not yet? Uh, we did in 2018 and 2019. And then unfortunately, COVID came along and... 2020, I was unsure if, if the NFL football season was even going to happen. And we didn't do anything in 2020, but in 2019, we were a top 50 blockchain-based application by user activity, which I'm okay. really proud of. So we had some great growth from 2018 to 2019. Um, 
plan on coming back for 2021, but um, yeah, 2020 was just, you know, because of COVID was kind of a, a strange time. Absolutely. And in 2019, what would you say was the average number of users? So this might not sound like a lot, but for a crypto project, it is because finding people that not only want to play fantasy sports, but also are familiar enough with um, Ethereum, you know, to know how to, how to interact with the blockchain. Right. Um, we had, it, it was wild watching it grow, but we had probably 1200 people a week playing these tournaments, which, you know, again, that's not a lot of people, but for a, a blockchain project, I mean, if you get a couple hundred people using it, that's, right. that's fairly substantial. So it's, it's just such a nascent in, uh, industry. Um, but by blockchain standards, I mean, we had, we had a, a sizable user base for sure. Absolutely. And how, how did you get, let's say the first hundred customers? Uh, so we at least up, experiment um, with your platform. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we put up prize pools in Ethereum that people could win every week. So we were kind of, in a way, bribing people to uh, to come on board. <laughs> I know, I know, people like getting free money. So that you know, spreading that information, um, you know, wasn't too difficult. But uh, what I would do, I, I mostly use Twitter, and I would go on Twitter with our RotoHive account, and I would find people talking about fantasy sports and Twitter has a, a huge, you know, fantasy sports community. And I would just engage with these people and, and let them know we were giving away free cryptocurrency. And uh, that, that worked as intended because that's, that's how we were able to bring a lot of people to our platform. And we also, we built our own cryptocurrency that we gave out. We didn't do an, an ICO, but we, um, we gave it away to anybody that was using our platform. So that was another nice incentive. If I remember correctly, is that called an airdrop? We uh, we did an airdrop. Yeah, we didn't do an ICO, okay. just an airdrop. And um, I, I didn't I didn't want to try to raise money. I I'm I'm worried. I think you know that's all going to get cracked down on. So I didn't want to do something that was potentially you know kind of in a gray area uh, legally. Right. And what was the name of or what is the name of the token? Uh, the token is is called Roto R O T O and. The term Roto is, is synonymous with the fantasy sports industry. So there are plenty of other websites that, you know, there might be like rotonews.com or something like that, that that's all about fantasy sports. So, oh, okay, got uh, it. yeah, I, I wanted a name that was really synonymous with, with the industry. Right. And are you doing any marketing at all at the moment? Other than, uh, um, I mean, maybe paid marketing. Uh, paid marketing? No, not at the moment. I mean, we're, we're active on Twitter. Um, probably start here in a couple months for the, the 2021 NFL season, start ramping up, um, you know, paid tweets, promoted tweets and AdWords and stuff like that. But at, at the moment, we're kind of in a, a holding phase. Okay. So you think Twitter would be the best channel for this? So far it's, it's proven to be, yeah, there's, there's a really great, uh, fantasy sports community on there and they're very passionate about it. So getting in there and, and talking to people has been, has been great. I think there, there has to be a way to sort of, you know, do it like a double search fantasy football or fantasy sports slash Ethereum. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of been one of the challenges is, is finding people that are passionate about both. Um, but yeah, right. plenty of people talking about both of them on Twitter at the same time. There, there's definitely an overlap there in the audience. Okay. I think there's a, like a Boolean string that you can use to 
very specifically search for both terms at the same time. Huh. I, I need to write that down. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn has like a Boolean search, which, which is really strange that it doesn't already exist on the LinkedIn platform, but right. it's the way that you type into the search box that will show you exactly what you're looking for rather than, you know, maybe somebody had a job at IBM 20 years ago, but you actually want to find out only the people that have that job today. For example. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, okay. uh, Let me, uh, Twitter has that, that as well somewhere. Oh, okay. That's, I, I will certainly look into that. That's, uh, that's interesting. All right. Um, my next question is about press. Do you actively seek out press? I noticed that, for example, you used PR web originally to get the idea out there. Was that effective, would you say? That was effective, yeah. I, I think PR web is a good source for, um, you know, for like a, a paid service. But uh, on the free side, I think what a lot of people don't understand is it, it's kind of a two-way street with promoting an idea. There are plenty of, uh, you know, news sites out there that constantly need new content. And if you approach them and you're not obnoxious about it and you explain why you think their audience would be interesting and what you want to talk about, um, you know, you'll, you'll have news agencies respond positively and, and want to give you free publicity. So um, if you just you go out there and grind and, and contact as many people as possible, you're definitely going to get results. So it's not a specific platform more. Are you going directly to the journalist or it's a platform? Uh, no, I, I'm going to directly to the journalists. Um, I would search for, you know, crypto news sites and, and fantasy sports websites and just let them know what we're doing and, you know, let them know that I think it would be interesting to their audience. And then we get, we get a certain number of responses and go from there. So I, I've just sat down and grinded out emails. Okay. No, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I've heard of a few sites that are free, like help a reporter out, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Haro. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar yeah. with Haro. But I feel that most of the time you really have to find something. It's not like your story, but you're searching for something that you might be able to respond to. Is that how it works? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And what do you think of podcasts as a customer acquisition channel? Have you been on many podcasts? Uh, I've been on one other podcast. I, I think they're great. I know we're kind of in like the, the golden age of podcasts right now. And um, right. yeah. It's a, a phenomenal way to get your idea out there in a way that hopefully isn't, you know, too obnoxious. It's kind of nice having a, a conversation and, uh, you know, get, getting your idea out there to people who are interested. So I think, I think it's phenomenal. Sure. All right, uh, Anthony, let's take a second break just to thank our second sponsor. Then we'll wrap up. Our second sponsor is a company called Bluehost. If you have a business idea and simply want to put it out there, you'll need a domain name and a flexible WordPress site that needs to be hosted on a reliable server. Bluehost is your one-stop shop for all things web hosting. From design and marketing services to easy-to-use website builders, they are with you every step of the way. Thanks to their 24-7, 365 days a year live support, which you can get via chat, phone, and email. And any and all questions you have can be answered in no time at all. Bluehost offers unlimited disk space and bandwidth. 
an easy-to-use control panel, one-click WordPress installs, and more. Visit bluehost.takingyoutothetop.io today. That's B-L-U-E-H-O-S-T takingyoutothetop.io and get a free domain name for the first year. And you'll also get free SSL, security certificate, with any of their affordable hosting packages. Start your entrepreneurial journey with Bluehost today. All right, uh, Anthony, to wrap up, uh, what's one thing that you'd like my audience to take away from this interview? So right now, I know cryptocurrency is, is a hot topic and people are making money and there's mania and, and all kinds of speculation going on. I would be careful. There is a dark side to this industry, especially as you get further away from, you know, sort of places like Coinbase that I think are a little more regulated as you go, as you go to these offshore exchanges, there are definitely some bad actors, some borderline criminals out there, uh, just having dealt with these people over the last few years. And I would also be wary of Tether, which is that $1 stable coin that may or may not be backed with actual US dollars. That's of concern to me. Right. I could be totally wrong on that, but something seems a little fishy with that to me anyway. All right. Okay, are you ready for the famous five? I'm ready. Let's yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Uh, number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book is a book by a gentleman named Paul Arden called "Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite." Yeah, it's a very short, easy to read book with pictures, which is maybe why I like it. But a really good book. All right. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh. Yeah, there's a guy named Richard Crabe who runs a decentralized hedge fund called Numeri. I think he's a really smart guy and a, a really talented marketer. Okay. Uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? It's probably SEO or AdWords just because it's, it's reactive marketing and you have people telling Google what they're looking for and then you get to present your product as a solution. Right. Um, and what's something that you wish you knew when you were 20? I wish I could tell my 20-year-old self that health is probably as important, if not more important, than wealth. Um, I, I'm fairly healthy as it is, but just uh, really focus on your health because you only have one body and you don't want it to break down. Sure. And the final question, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I really like that question. I think sleep is extremely important. I try to get solid eight hours a night, so maybe 10 o'clock to six o'clock. Okay, do you track it? No, I know they're tracking apps. I might get into that. I, I really, right. I am definitely interested, but no, not at the moment, no. Well, I mean, if you can get the eight without the app, then fantastic. Yeah, I guess I'm at that point. Maybe, maybe one day I'll start tracking it, but so far so good. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. And I hope maybe a year from now, we could do a follow-up call to see you know, where RotoHive has gone. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, Rami. I really appreciate being on here. And I'd love to do a follow-up with you in a year. That sounds great. Great. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Rami. Bye-bye. As a valued listener of the Taking You to the Top podcast, you're in good company. It has also been said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. 
That being said, by subscribing to this podcast, you'll spend your time with Rami and a collection of the world's brightest thinkers and founders. All you have to do now is to push the subscribe button on your favorite podcast listening platform, and you'll be consistently learning from the very best. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.